Hi everyone, my name is Michaela, and this is the My Vinyasa Practice Podcast, Heartfelt Consciousness, where we spotlight stories from our community to uplift the collective consciousness. Thank you for being here and enjoy the episode. Hello everyone, welcome back to the My Vinyasa Practice Podcast, Heartfelt Consciousness. My name is Michaela. Today, we have a treat with us again. Anna Pilar Cruz is here. She is our yoga therapy program director. She teaches for us. She teaches Vinny yoga. She teaches all of the different things and is so wonderful. And today, she is here to talk to us a little bit about goddess mythology. I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> Anna Pilar, how are you? Hello, I'm well. Thank you. Thank you for having me on, on this podcast. I think I did a very brief one a long time ago, randomly. So, um, yes. yeah, I'm. Uh, if, if any of you I'm sure have you know been to any of my office hours or even just random like courses that I've taught it's always you can always kind of veer me off the path if you're like tell us a story on a pilar <laughs> so I'm always like okay here we go uh it always ties back but I, I'm happy to always uh tell some stories and talk about the just the amazing um just the amazing plethora of uh, philosophy and mythology that's intertwined in Indian uh, culture. Um, and, you know, full disclosure, I am not Indian. I have been to India a couple times, um, but it's just been one of those lifelong passions that I've had um, when it comes to all sorts of mythology from different time periods, eras, cultures, and South Indian mythology just seems to have a special place in my heart. So. Thank you for that preface. Okay, so South Indian mythology, lovely. So pretend that I am mm. very, very young and know very nothing at all. What yeah. is mythology? So I'm not gonna say that you can all look up, you know what I'm saying, the 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 Oxford dictionary, you know, um, definition. I am going to tell you, I'm going to quote my teacher. So I have a couple of different teachers that I've had that have been really significant in my life. And I've been blessed that I have been able to study with quite a few amazing yoga teachers throughout my career. Um, but the one that has a very special place in my heart is a teacher that I met only, I think, a little less than 10 years ago, uh, uh, Dr. Douglas Brooks. He's a university professor at the University of Rochester in upstate New York. He teaches uh, Sanskrit and I think you know, Hindu or comparative like religions, like he's one of those types of, of, of academics. And he um, spent years in India. He, uh, he himself is uh, Harvard. He's got a PhD from Harvard. So he did a lot of study in this area. So any of the Sanskrit is I've learned from him. I am not a Sanskrit professor. I don't know any, it, that takes about 20,000 plus hours. I do not have that time. So to even like scratch the surface, but I always pull from his knowledge, right? So I've been studying with him now for a number of years and I've gone on pilgrimage with him, but I favorite the, my favorite is how he describes mythology or myths, these stories. He says, myths are self-conscious lies told in, this, in the service of deeper truths. So I'll say that again, myths are self-conscious lies told in the service of deeper truths. This is why I love mythology, right? Because it is it's archetypal. It is universal in a lot of ways, right? It's the human experience, but made through the eyes of the divine, if that resonates. And so we can see ourselves as these beings, as reflections of these amazing divinity or these deities, right? So um, they highlight different aspects of ourselves. And I just, I find it to me that that to me is what mythology is. 
Right. I love that. I, yes, I love that. I got some chill action when you said that. That was wonderful. Oh, take me into it. How did you get into mythology? Um, I, I've always been into mythology. I grew up as a third culture kid. And if you don't know what a third culture kid is, is that you grow up in a place that is not, you know, your culture genetically or whatever, you know what I mean? Spiritually, like you, you know, so I grew up all over the world. Um, I'm a bit of a mutt. And so it was just always like, okay, here I am half Scottish, half Puerto Rican. We're in Nairobi, Kenya. Talk about, right. But one of the things everybody could always connect with is stories, right? Or plays. There's, there's a universal experience with that, within that, right? You can, even if the character doesn't look like you can still see yourself in that character, right? So um, I've always been into, in, in, I think because of that, I've always been into some sort of story or myth or, you know, the sort of um, collective conscious, you know, that 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 particular uh, culture or or country provided, right? Like, so I started, of course, you know, in my early angsty teens, I was like reading all Greek mythology and then Egyptian mythology and like, you know what I mean? Like you're reading all these things and all these, and it always like, it just sparked your imagination. Um, and then again, like you then get serious because you're going to college and like, you're like, had to make money and like you put all that, those childish things aside. But what I found is that as I, um, and I've been, again, teaching yoga for 22 years, practicing yoga way longer, but 22 years of teaching, there's a point where you get very bored, very, very bored of teaching the same stuff, right? Does that make sense? Like you're like, inhale, raise your arms, exhale, full of like, how many times have I said that? Like, you know what I mean? And so then you start thinking about how do I make things more interesting? How do I, you know, um, like, First, it's like, well, what are these names of these postures? And don't get me wrong, some of the Sanskrit, which I absolutely adore, are just directions, right? <laughs> right? So, you know, Utisa Hasta Parangusasana is upright, hand to big toe pose. Oh, wait, it's very clear. There is no story there, right? Like, it's just directions. But then there's some of these names that you're like, well, what is Natarajasana? Oh, who is the Nataraja, right? Like the dancer, what is this, right? Or why is this evocative of that? Or, you know, there's like, and so Garudasana, who is Garuda, right? So it's just all these things, Hanuman. So then you're like, well, why is this post named after this, right? And you're like, why would the splits, like these full on, like not quite children's splits, but you know what I'm saying? Cause you're not, you're not supposed to allow that hip to kind of sway, right? You gotta have those full on splits. Why is that called Hanumanasana? Um, and then you hear the story. You hear the story as he's trying to find Sita and he leaps across this great body of water, right? From the continent of India to Lanka in one great leap. And there you have the freaking splits, right? So you're just like, oh, there you go. And so then you start wondering like, wow, well, what is he, like, what, what, is, what is his story? What does he embody? Oh, he's embodying bhakti. Like there's all this stuff. And you're like, well, I have to find this sort of ease, right? And devotion as I'm like, in the splits like oh lordy right so it's just it's just that that huge that union that yoking right of then what is the energy behind this pose what is what is the context of it why was it named after this why did it evoke that and that's where i started to like hmm what is this stuff that's here in india and then <clears throat> i was blessed by some friends that had already started with douglas burks and he had come to austin and i was and they were like come come and just listen to him i'm like all right and I was just fascinated, 
And I was just fascinated with the stories that he had told and stories that you don't hear, you can't find on the internet. They're not necessarily in books. Um, and these are stories that he's collected that he does have books. I mean, text, written texts, things like that, that are like collected that his teacher has given him. His teacher was um, a Dikshatar in the uh, Chinamram uh, temple complex uh, in South India in um, Chinamram, which is like a South Tamil Nadu city. It's the Nataraja temple. And so some of this stuff has never been translated in English. So they're like, well, where do you get this? I'm like, well, I got it from Douglas, but he's reading it from Tamil. Like, like, do you, so, and like, who speaks Tamil? Basically just the Tamils. Does that make sense? And as Douglas always says, you know, when I speak Tamil, everyone looks at me as if the dog is talking. They're like, how, how, how is he speaking like this, right? So again, some of these, it's like, well, what's the context? I'm like, well, the context is actually parampara, like lineage, but it's like, sometimes it's hard to be like, because everyone's like, well, where's the book? I want a Google thing, or I want that thing. And I'm like, okay, we also have to have space for that this is a living thing. Does that make sense? Like it's it's a living and biting, like, and when you go to India and you go to these temples, they are alive and you can see the story. The stories are depicted on the walls. It's fascinating. And not everybody knows all the stories. Does that make sense? So it's just one of these things where it's kind of fun to kind of like delve into these things. So that's kind of how I got into it, uh, how I got, you know, kind of trial by fire. We visited like six of like six temples on pilgrimage with Douglas and we got to go in and really see the vibrancy and see you know these beautiful images um I'd heard stories of for example there's a story where we have Patanjali and we have Vyagadapada and most people have no idea who Vyagadapada is and they know who Patanjali is but if you ever look at any of these kind of books where you see what Patanjali looks like he's a half snake dude he's a half snake He's got, oh, I know, um, I should pull it out, but like, <laughs> I don't know if you guys can see. Hold on. I know this is a crazy podcast. So I do apologize. Um, but I love how Mukunda Styles has, like, you can barely see on the images, he is half snake. He is That's a half so snake. cool. Yeah, I think there's, yeah. So Patanjali, this is the image of Patanjali. That's amazing. And so it's like, it's like, but he was supposed to be this dude, right? And they're like, well, yes, but there's like the works that are attributed to him span 400 years, 200 BC to 200 You're like, well, maybe if he was a snake guy, that probably would work, right? Like, but there's a story about why he looks like this. And Vyagadapada is the father of Tantra. So here's the father of Raja Yoga, right? Where we think of like, you know, the Yoga Sutras, the eight limbs, all this stuff. And then Vyagadapada is the father of Tantra, Hatha Yoga, and he is the tiger pod one. And sure enough, at this temple, here I am in this Manakshi temple in South India and in Madurai, and there's this beautiful fresco. I don't know how many hundreds of years old it is. Like, it's just gorgeous. There's like stuff chipping. And it's the wedding of Manakshi to, uh, you know, Shiva, basically. And then there's 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 Patanjali and Yagrapada in the wedding party. And you're like, I know, story. There it is. It's right there. Like, it was one of these, it's like, my teacher didn't make any of this stuff up. It's all right here, like for you to see. So it's just amazing. You can, you really can go down many, many labyrinths and many rabbit holes if you start going into um, Indian mythology. And especially I think South Indian mythology is so rich as well. It's very, um, it's very goddess-based and it's very family-oriented, which is kind of nice. Um, Thank you for sharing that. That leads me into my next question. But first mm. of all, oh my goodness, how beautiful for you to get to go and see on that pilgrimage to see. That's so cool. 
what an experience raise it it's awesome india is like nothing else honestly so it does it does does evoke all the senses shall we say Uh, yeah in many many ways (laughs) in many many ways not all positive but all of it all of this experience yeah you are engaged (laughs) yes yes (laughs) there it is so you said South Indian mythology, which is what you, what we're going to talk about today, what you're really interested in is goddess focused, yeah. family focused. Tell yeah. me a little bit about that. So let me give you an example. Okay. So for example, um, and I'll use first just some of the most familiar characters maybe that you guys understand, like have heard about. So for example, someone like Hanuman, right? This is the monkey in the north, you'll see him presented very um, anamorphic, right? So kind of like really muscular, almost like a dude body, but he's like his jaw, the broken jaw, and he's like, oh, and he's got, you know, he's very like, you know what I mean? Overtly masculine and coding. In South India, he's a monkey. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> he's just a monkey. Or he's much, he's a monkey, but kind of slightly anamorphic, but he's sweet. He's like, look like this. So he's overtly feminine and coded. Does that make sense? Um, for example, another example is Shiva. We see Shiva up in the north, and he's very much the uh, the sort of the 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 mendicant, right? The 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 he's in the meditation posture, right? He's the the Lord of Yoga. You see him on the mountaintop. You see him in um, the, the 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 cremation ground. You'll see him in in the cave, right? So it's very isolated places of that sort of like. A uh, liminal space of transformation where you're not involved in society, right? So way up in the mountaintop, deep in a cave, or in the cremation ground, right? Like, whoa, okay, that's like, you know, you'll see like some of those like Shiva devotees are covered in ash in the cemeteries. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like it's it's, in, it's intense. South India, you see him in the family portrait. There's images of him with Nandi, his bull, Parvati's there. You know, you got. Ganesha on her lap and you've got, you know, he's known by a couple different names, but Skanda, which we get Skandasana from, or Kritikeya, sometimes he's called Kritikeya or Murugan. You see him running around with his peacock and it's like this family portrait. Like he's a householder. He's not up in a cave. Does that make sense? Um, You see him also as um, the teacher. So, and so uh, I think, oh my gosh, I can't remember now the, the name of it, Diction, I think it's Dictionary, I'll find it. But like, so, you know, when we think of, when you see him, usually he's in lotus pose when he's like, you know, the Lord of yoga. Well, one leg is now uh, like has, has been released. So you'll have, so he's sitting still on a podium, but only one leg is crossed as, as in Padmasa, the other leg is hanging and he's teaching. So he's also usually seen in the temple, um, which is not an isolated place. Does that make sense? So think of the temple and the temple complex a lot more like the way you thought of, or you think of seeing like the philosophers that used to teach in like the middle of these like big forums in Greece. Does that make sense? Like community based. Yeah. So here he is in the community teaching. He's not isolated in a cave. Right. And the last image of course is the most famous you know, so up north, you'll see him in the commission ground, he'll be a lingam, like he's a uncarved block, you know, and things like that. In South India, he's the Nataraja. He's the dancer. I have a little one right here. Um, so he's, you know what I'm saying? He's, 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 he's dancing, right? Um, and he, and who is he dancing for? His beloved. So whenever you're looking at him, you are, you are his beloved, you, no matter what gender you are. Does that make sense? 
you are the beloved that he's dancing for. So again, there is an engagement and a community type of idea. So that's the difference between North Indian more mythology and South Indian mythology, if that helps resonate. Absolutely. Um, I, you're giving me so much and I wish I could stop you and be like, wait, I need more details about this first. And I'm going to have you back on to talk more um, because <laughs> I love mythology. There's something special about being able to, and I think it's the definition you shared that highlights the specialness, the, this idea of like human things we all experience, but told in this like fun and dressed up and kind of like really involved way. Yes. Yes. Do you share like there's, there's a, you don't feel alone. Does that resonate? Yeah. Um, and it's Dakshinamurti, that's the, that's Shiva as the teacher. So that's just in case some people listening, Dakshinamurti. So, but, so when we think of then South Indian, like there's more feminine encoded in that there's more of a, this whole idea of the household or the family, right? And so goddesses are huge here, like very much so. Um, you know, Kali is big. Um, there's this awesome one called Mariaman that is like, I mean, you know, they're all very Kali-esque or Durga-esque, but she's red and she's like, she's horrifying, but she is yet, she's refuge because she is scary. Does that make sense? Um, and so one of the things that I noticed, and I, of course, I grew up overseas. My, when like a large period of time that I was um, living was in Mexico City. I spent seven years in Mexico City. And what I found interesting is that, you know, this is a very much, you know, Catholic country, of course. Um, my experience of the Catholic faith of my friends who were Catholic, again, I wasn't uh, raised in any particular religion, but you know, going to homes and houses and you know, you'd invited to things. Um, I was kind of shocked when I moved back to the States and then I had friends who were Catholic in the US, just how very different those two sort of still same religion is um, because here we go, everybody here is all like Jesus. Everybody there is, well, Lupe, Lupe, where are you? Right? So like the, the Virgin, they're talking, they're asking for mama all the time. That's the first person you talk to, you go to, you know, in the car, in the taxis, it's like, you know, yes, you'll have, there's the Virgin Mary, right? Guadalupe is right there to help you. Right. Because they didn't lose that connection to the divine feminine. Does that resonate? So she's almost exalted up into that. Whereas here it's very much puritanical. Like, no, there is no divine feminine you know, images that I find here in the States. And so for me, I really appreciated um, coming from that background being like, wait a minute, like the only way I would find that was through comic books, right? Wonder Woman, for example, right? Like, you know, Catwoman was my favorite, you know, the under, but again, it's like these powerful symbols because they, I didn't see them in my, in any sort of spiritual practices. And so you kind of just had to pull them from like, the story, the other stories that were basically coming around. And so what I love about, especially South Indian mythology is that she's not lost. She's very much there in all her forms, right? All of the faces from Kali to Saraswati, right? It's from the blood and like blackness of the womb to the most like divine muse you can find, right? She's represented in all of these ways in these stories. And so um, it's just really, I find refreshing to, see images or have uh, be evoke feelings that I can relate to that I experience on an everyday in a divine form, right? Like Kali has her rage. All of us have had our rage, <laughs> right? Yes. And don't, don't tell me that's not feminine because it is. <laughs> and I love how you said in all of her forms, 
Yeah. From and Kali, I'm going to take a stab at this. Is the goddess of destruction? Yes. I mean, that is the simplest thing you can think of. Yes. Yes. Can but you give me a more yes. evocative? Oh. And again, very much like yes, this goddess of destruction, because she is like the cohort to the god of destruction of Shiva. But there's so much more than that, right? Because Kali is. Think of her as the most primordial you'll find. She is the black earth that, like the fecundity of that black earth that allows for the growth. Does that make sense? She is the womb. The womb is dark and it is bloody. Yeah, so she is that real essence, right? So think of her as the most primordial mom. Does that make sense? And she is terrifying and she, but, but she loves you terrifyingly. Does that make sense? <laughs> so she's, oh, and here's the other beauty that I found about, uh, again, this is just across Hindu um, or Indian mythology. A anyway, the gods are not the same sort of, even though you can see a lot of relationship between them and the Greek gods, they're older than the Greek gods, but still like you can kind of see similarities as because there's lots of, uh, I won't even go into the history of how like the things kind of move through, but, um, but the Indian gods are not capricious. They're not, they're, not, they're not torturing us for their own amusement like the Greek gods were. Does that resonate? Like the Greeks were always just like, you, you just looked at somebody wrong and all of a sudden, bam, right? Like you, be, you ended up being a flower or a swan or whatever, you know what I mean? Like you turn into a Medusa for no one, you know, fall of your own. Like, it's like, what? Whereas here, it's more of like, they're, always, they're, they, they're in the position that they're, they're your great, 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 great grandparents. And so they're always going to give you a boon. They always are going to protect you. They're always trying to look out for you. You see what I'm saying? They're not trying to mess with you. But sometimes it feels that way because Kali's love is terrifying. So, but the thing is, is like Kali, um, she, she, she will level the playing field. Now you might be like, but I kind of like that, that one thing. Oh, well, <laughs> clean slate for you, darling. You're like, thanks. But again, like it's out of love, right? Is what she's doing. So that's like, yes, the sort of destruction as in like, she's the primordial essence. Like she's the mama that's like the mama bear. Like, you know what I mean? Like, um, and then you have, so also think of her as like Muladhara, root chakra. Okay. Cause that's like, again, womb. this is earth. This is like fecundity. You know what I'm saying? This is like being connected to your embodiment. And as Douglas says, what she says is she is, I am not you because she has birthed you and you now are autonomous. Does that make sense? So that's root. We'll go all the way to the top, Sarasvati. Sarasvati is completely white. So she's a complete 180, right? She's all white, sorry. Does that make sense? She's luminous. She's like the moon, but she's intoxicating, which includes toxicity. She is, she is the green muse originally. Does that make sense? Like I think the, when I think of like the Bohemian, you know, uh, movement in France, like it's like, that's a Sarasvati movement, right? Like following like that, that, that sort of green fairy. But she is like called Vajra, which is a thunderbolt um, and Kaya, which is like a diamond. So she, which is, how is that possible? And her name is Sarasvati. It's like this flowing sort of essence. Well, an essence, a diamond, the essence, it can only be itself. It doesn't change. But a sadas is a flow, it's like a river or electricity, for example, it doesn't have its own form. It takes the form from things around, but yet she's this paradox. Think of it as like particle and a wave, uh, right? It can be both things at the same time. So they talk about like when lightning strikes you with inspiration, that's the Vajra. 
And then how everything like crystallizes or fractalizes when you get that information is the diamond. Does that make sense? Yeah. So she is like this. She so she is she's literally you're connected like like this is the divine coming through you if that makes sense. And so what she tells you she's like she's like I am nothing but you, right? So she reminds you that was Kali's like no I am not you. You have to be autonomous. And she reminds you you are still divine, right? That you come from both, right? We're the merge of the earth and the sky, right? We're the merging of um, this embodiment form, this prophetic with that Purusha, with that divinity. And then of course, there's always Lakshmi and she's in the middle, she's the heart, right? So Saraswati's like, she's also in charge of mantra and vibration. So she's also considered Vach, which is the goddess of speech. So think of her as like chakras five, six and beyond. You've got Kali like three, two and one. Does that make sense? Like. Like, who are you? How are you embodied? What are you going to do, right? Well, what is the center? The center is Lakshmi. The center is only the heart. And this is the emergence of, right? Like humanity is both of these things at the same time. And as Douglas says, Lakshmi says, I am something like you because we're at the same time, right? We're both divine and embodied at the same time. And so she's culture. She is the, 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 the length, like she is the way that like, like Kali is anything you can eat, but Lakshmi is everything you would eat. Does that make sense? Like cuisine, like, did you like, like, yes, I can eat that raw, whatever, but, oh, now we've like sauteed it, a little this, a little herb, like that's the Lakshmi. Does that make sense? It's the blending of these, these two sort of things. Um, so she is refinement, right? Um, and, and she is the arts in that way. Does that make sense? Like that's, that's like, difference between movement and dance, right? Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, like that that process, that's the, that's the humanity, that's the Lakshmi, right? How or why are we human? Why are we different? It's not because we can use tools or yada, yada, yada. You think about that opposable thumbs, people always thought, I'm like, there's plenty of other animals out there that, that use tools, but do they, do, do they create art for no other reason, but just for beauty's sake, right? So Lakshmi is beauty for beauty's sake, for just pure sensory enjoyment. And so like, you can, how do I use this in my practice? Maybe that was another question. Here we go, right? Like, well, I, can, I can map the chakras. I can talk about that. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to these goddesses and these stories are just, just beautiful reflections of this, you know? I, I have a lot of words, <laughs> a, a lot of words and a lot of thoughts and feelings. Um, I, yes, I love how you tied it into the chakras and I, love the I am statements for each mm -hmm. um I'm gonna have to sit with those and think about them a little more because that feels very special the uh, the process of I am not you what I was am. what are they yeah so Kali is I am not you and think about it like little kids once they figure out like no like they're like I do my like yeah I am not you okay good be a time like this is it here you are body you go for it and then we have these moments right where it's like all of us are one <laughs> and and so that's the Saraswati is like like I am nothing but you like 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 that is like we are the same right does that make sense and I mean not to say you know I'm saying like I don't want to talk about drugs too much but there's a point where sometimes you've been like whoa or maybe you got, you know what I'm saying? Maybe a little high on oxygen, maybe a little too many cooling and breathing exercises. But there's a point you're like, I am one with the universe. Like that is Sadasati, right? That's that idea, right? Um, and then 
I am something like you is Lakshmi, right? And that we are that we are the like as if deity is just a reflection, like we are reflections of each other, right? Yes, that is feels very human, that statement specifically, something about it. I am something like yeah, you. Something like you, which is how we make connection because we're there's enough difference to make it interesting, enough similarity, right? To connect, which is why we're something like, and that's why it's that's why it works. Does that resonate? Like, I love it. Yeah. Totally. Um, gosh, so we only talked about three, but I bet there are many, 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 many goddesses. Oh, there's Durga, there is Akhilandeshvari, there's Minakshi, there's blah, 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 blah. And then there's avatars of Lakshmi, for example, like Sita and Radha, like, right, as she comes with her consort Vishnu, as he uh, embodies into the world. So there's a lot, there's lots of, um, a lot and even when you were into this even more that you're like I haven't heard of this one but wow this is insane and it's just awesome I would say um one of my favorite resources other than my teacher himself right which again like um he does have a website and all that but it's like you can like that's you know, there's way way lots of rabbit holes so if you you don't want to go all the way down the rabbit hole first like Alice in Wonderland you don't want to follow the white rabbit yet check out Sally Kempton she also has, I think, lectures. She used to have lectures on that Glow platform, but um, as well as Douglas. But um, you might find her on YouTube. She probably has her own website now. But um, her, she has a book, and her book is awesome. It's called Awakening Shakti, and it's Sally Kempton. Um, and she has beautiful, um, just beautiful stories here of the goddesses, but also meditations, mantras. Like, there, it's a lot of amazing stuff, like sort of journaling prompts. Like, it's great. So one of the one really really good book i highly recommend that and then another book i recommend if uh you're a little more tactile or whatnot my good friend uh i was blessed to study with him for a little bit he's a doll ekabumi charles illick he did the shakti coloring book and it's a coloring book so again like you know like here is like there's just beautiful images oh Here's the image of the family portrait I talked about. Okay. Stop it. I love the bull. <laughs> that's so Nandi. Cute. Nandi the bull. Yeah, that's that's Shiva's uh yeah, that's his vehicle, is the bull, right? So Ganesha has a mouse, right? You know, he even has a little mm -hmm. Nandi. So they're sitting on Nandi, and there they are as a family. There's Shiva and Parvati, and Skanda is in her lap. Ganesha is like there as well. Like do you tiny little Ganesha, yes. Yeah. Very so, sweet yeah, family portrait. But again, like that's what you see. You don't see that in North India. You see this in South India, right? But again, he also has uh, beautiful yantras too. And he also teaches you how to make a very simple one, like how to draw it yourself. But here, let me find a good one here. Come on. Okay, for our friend Tara. Here we go. The Tara yantra, right? So you can actually color these. And he gives instructions on how to do that. And, what to be thinking about as you do it. So it's an interactive, which I think is lovely. Um, so yeah, there's of course, you know, so I recommend these ones to kind of first sort of delve into the stories and kind of see how you jive. And <clears throat> you're gonna resonate with a particular story or a particular deity more than some something else, but just it will change over time the more you delve into it and you'll see many different facets and different stories of these things. And the other beautiful thing that I love that my teacher Douglas always talks about is that you're always in the middle of things. So one story 
might have three different branches, if that makes sense. And so this can lead to this story, or this can lead to that story, or this event can lead to that story. And maybe there's different variations of certain things, but they're all correct. And that was one of the hardest things I had to learn because it was like, well, which one's the correct story? Which one's the real story? And it's like, they are all real. Because as we talk about, like, this is the, the milky ocean, right? That like, right? The Vishnu is like laying on, right? Narayana, like the collective unconscious, all of these iterations have happened maybe all at the same time. I don't know, I'm not a physicist. There's lots of like, <laughs> right? Um, and so the thing is, is which is the story that resonates with you or which is the version that resonates with you? So. I like that a lot, especially because I just was just talking about Tantra with Michelle and how Tantra is very much like, take what works for you. I really like that. There's something very supportive about that. And just like, kind of like the family portrait, right? Like this is, everyone's welcome here. Yes. Yeah. Well, and as Douglas says, again, Tantra is yes and, right? We're not saying no to, we're saying yes. And now let's add, how do we continue? How do we how do we continue this conversation going? It's kind of like um, um, not stand up. What's the what's the other where like you have comedians and they have to like improv? It's like tantra is like improv. Does that make sense? Where it's like you're engaging in the day, so you're gonna have to you know it's, it is it's a yes and okay here we go <laughs> right like let's do all of this so yeah. I love that. Okay. I'm so very excited. I feel like I'm going to spend so much time learning about this. I do want to know, do you have a favorite goddess or a favorite story that just really resonates with you? Yeah, there's a few. Um, there's quite a few. I think some of my favorite stories um, are, are Kali stories for sure. Kali is, I'm a bit of a Kali girl, although um, my friends always say, it's funny because you seem like more of a Dorga person. And Kali is in Durga, of course. Kali comes from Durga's third eye. So I do love, there's a particular story of Durga because um, she's, uh, she's, she's, the name means difficult going. So she's the one that you call when like nobody else can fix anything, right? It's like, she's like, she's the heavy in the room, if that makes sense. She looks very dainty and she's very beautiful, but her steps are very, like, like they tremble the earth, if that makes sense. And one of my the favorite stories is like, they've gotten like the gods got themselves into this sort of uh, kind of a pickle. Um, Brahma is a, it, he's just a very, he's a grandfatherly God. And he gave, and again, when demons and, and you know, people both do tapas and this is not an ethical world, this is a powerful world. So if you put in the work, you will get the result, right? So Brahma is like, why is he giving boons to demons? Well, if they're doing their tapas, they get the results too. It's just what happens. But this particular demon was smart. And he had managed to be like, I don't want to be killed by, you know what I mean, uh, 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 you know, any god. I want to make sure that I can't be a, a weapon of this. And he had like all these like stipulations, right? It was like, he could like, he was trying to get the fine print, like really, really, really good, right? Um, so she, so they're like, we know they're taking over the world. We don't know what to do. And so she, they asked her, she comes in, right? She comes and does it. But what's funny is that when she, she arrives at this like fortress, she's riding a lion. Okay, so this is a large male lion with like a bigger, and I'm like, wouldn't that kind of give you a clue that maybe like she's a little bit more powerful than you think? Does that make sense? Like if she's riding a lion, like, hello, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like she might be a force to be reckoned with, um, but she's the one that slays famously the buffalo demon and 
Um, it's just, uh, it's, it's a, in the, all the goddesses fly out of her third eye and he's like, you're cheating. She's like, no, they're all me. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, ah, like you're cheating. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. And then of course she's got more, she's one of, she's like one of the only deities, if not the only deity that you ever see represented that has more than eight arms, uh, at least 10 arms or more. And she had, so when they, when she goes off, it's all, she just appears with only two arms as she's on her little line. But when it's time to fight, it's like all these arms come out and she has all of the weapons from all of the gods. It's like, right? So it's just like, oh, okay. So that's one of my favorite. It just reminds me, it's like the resiliency and the multitasking that women can do, <laughs> right? We can hold all of the things. <laughs> and they still be cute of, honestly <laughs> they come out of her third eye i need yes like, yes call all all the goddesses fly out of her third eye and they're all battling it's just it's a fun awesome story yeah that sounds like okay so this is probably cheesy but it sounds like a really like fun anime that i could right? yeah i'm sure there probably might be one i'm sure there's probably a cartoon a dorga cartoon somewhere I yes. love this. Yes. It's like the original, the original anime stories. Right. It's like the original comic book, like the original yes. Wonder Woman. Like, yes. you know what I'm saying? Like, this is why I think some of these iconic comic characters have become so much in the West because we didn't have these kinds of stories, right? Like, you know, and 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 these are powerful stories. We can see ourselves in these in these deities, um, which is just wonderful. So I have a few, but maybe one day I'll um do a little course and we'll, we'll talk about some of these oh stories. I would I'm down pre-sale me up <laughs> I'm there I'm there um so you gave a few tips already um, a few resources for people to check out um would you have any tips for like people who are starting to dive in like what to look for what to stay away from um well so always kind of I would say don't get too caught up on like if, if a particular story is told a certain way or you know if you're googling it see all the different variations and kind of see which ones resonate because sometimes these stories get very much told in ways that are um kind of promoting somebody's particular viewpoint shall we say right whether that be right <laughs> there's lots of different levels of that so just you know take it with a grain of salt and see and just like look up multiple stories I definitely uh uh think Sally Kempton is awesome um I'm trying to think of another one that's a little bit less academic um I mean I'm sure like I'm sure there's a ton of stuff out there I think there was one that was like you know the the what the names of the yoga poses where I can't remember the name of that particular book but yeah they yes. have certain things too right so yes and so then just keep looking just keep looking and definitely um you know I also love and this sounds really strange but I love um so, so there's some more modern stuff for sure um but um I'll show you some some of, some of them the kid stuff is awesome so these sort of like, you know, these like book, like the Ramayana for kids, these are called the Amarchitra Katha. So like, these are famous in India. You can get these on Amazon. It's like Ganesha's story, you know what I mean? And they're like kind of done in like a fun little way because it's for kids, but I think it's a great intro at least to be like, oh, okay, here are some of these things for the stories. And then also um, Sanjay Patel, 
uh, uh, he has a little book of Hindu deities. He also has a book, I think it's like how, how Ganesha lost his tooth or something or something with a sweet tooth. Like, it's very cool. Like he's, and these are, you know, like he's got a really interesting sort of style of art. Um, I think he did like even like a little like Pixar sort of short. Uh, you can probably find it on YouTube. Um, so, you know, just, I would say open it up. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be you know, oh, is these like these old academic blah, blah, blah. Check out what they, you know, what, what, what you see kids being, you know, need to like what they show kids and sort of go from there and kind of see all the different variations that they have, right? Because this is very much, these are all, I mean, these are all like obviously Indian people who wrote these, that, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's not like, it's not been whitewashed or westernized. Like, and so it's a kind of fun way to kind of enter into this world, I would say, um, you know, without, you know, cultural appropriation being an issue, right? Like, it's like, this yes. is what we're looking at, what, are, what, you know, everyone's kids are looking at. So you're like, this is great. Um, yeah, so. I love that. Thank you. That's a great recommendation. I love those little, the little book, the little Ganesh book, Ganesha book you showed. Yeah, um, like that's awesome. Like yes. But there's a little one of like, I get just, you know, Ganesha losing his, his tooth because he had he ate too many, too many ladus. And it's like, that's not exact. That's not the real story, but it's kind of fun. Like you can be like, okay, let's like see how all the variations. Because he ate too much candy. That's cute. I love that. <laughs> like, oh, Ganesha. Better not. How funny. AP, Anupalar, I'm so thankful for you uh, coming on and sharing this with me and with the listeners. Mm -hmm. Is there any final thoughts or feelings that you have that you would like to share? Um, I don't think so. I mean, again, um, I just, I just love, I, I love that you guys are interested in stories. And I think, and I know sometimes, sometimes like these stories are not about, they're not our stories that we kind of get in. They help us break open into a larger sort of experience, right? And so that's that's my my final thought is allow it to break you open, right? To see many different sides of who you are, who you can be, or who you truly are, right? So now that's an episode title right there. Allow it to break you open. <laughs> <laughs> thank you again for your time, You're your knowledge, welcome. your energy, and thank you, listeners, for being here. Uh, see you again next week. If you're interested in learning more about Tantra Yoga, check out my Vinyasa Practices 200-hour yoga teacher training that's hosted online. You can find the link to this course in our bio. This course was co-created by Michelle Young, CEO of my Vinyasa Practice, and Anapolar Cruz, Yoga Therapy Program Director for my Vinyasa Practice.